0: This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge. Sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation.
1: Up to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. Oh, Barry, I don't think I've had enough bridge. What about you? (laughs)
0: Uh, Actually, there was a bit less than there normally is. Probably enough to satisfy most people, Mariana. It's only the true addicts that haven't had enough.
1: You know, one thing that I thought about was after I'd finished playing Congress, and it was a session, I thought I'd start timing myself to see when I would pick my phone up and actually have a game online.
0: (laughs) How long long did it take?
1: Not very long. (laughs) (laughs) And I just wondered, what about everyone else? You know, you finish and you muck around for a little bit and then you go and have your dinner and you sit down. and you think, oh, not much happening on the telly. Andrew's busy doing something else. What am I going to do? I can either read, oh, I know what. I'll play some bridge. And, you know, (laughs) within a very short amount of time, you're back, bloody, playing bridge again. And if that's not addiction, you tell me what is.
0: That's true. I mean, I've got to play my free daily tournament on BBO, to, you know, because I don't want to miss out. (laughs) (laughs) You have your free weekly instant tournament on BBO and, you know, a few other things. Yeah, so, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. You you don't want to miss out on those.
1: Did you finish playing your games at Congress, and did you go in later that evening and have another go online on whatever venue?
0: Okay, I'll confess, yes, I did.
1: (laughs) I wonder how many of our listeners actually did that too.
0: I don't know, what what I want to talk about is your powers of recall, Mariana. Oh, Okay. So I have a novice group that I talk to on Fridays, and most of them, Well, last week we were talking about a, a strong hand. Somebody had 25 points the previous week and when they wanted me to talk about it. And in passing, I mentioned, well, you'd bid two clubs and, you know, your partner's probably going to bid two diamonds when you've got a 25 count. Most of them couldn't remember what two diamonds was. I said, what would happen when you open two clubs? Oh, partner would bid their longest suit. And I said, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think a, a couple of years ago on the show, I read a quote from somebody that said, you'd be lucky if most of your beginners remembered 30% of what you told them. And, that's right. you know, since then, I've had people saying 30% a bit high. <laughs> <laughs> so a, a number of them are having a, like a revision. You know, there's a revision course that's being run on Tuesday afternoons and, they're getting caught, taught stuff that they've never heard before. Oh my gosh! Stuff like you can overcall at the one level with an eight count and the two level with a ten count. They've never heard of that. Nobody's ever taught them that. <laughs> of course, they bloody well have. They just haven't remembered it. So, oh you know, my God. Our listeners out there, what do you think your powers of recall are like? The things that you've learnt at bridge, little hints that you've heard that at the time you thought were really great. A little way down the track has gone the way of the dinosaur.
1: Oh, I know. It is tough, though. I mean, we here at work, we often talk about bombarding our customers with information. It must be the same
0: anywhere. doesn't matter what you're doing. Do you think my 30% is a bit high then? Yeah. Do yeah. you think your bank customers remember more than 30% of what, what you tell them? No. No, they don't. <laughs> don't.
1: What about your customers in your line of work? When you say, Oh, I think this property will get between five hundred and five fifty, they don't hear the five hundred, they only hear the five fifty, Barry.
0: Yeah, the snag with that is of course is that you're right. If you say five hundred to five fifty, five fifty is all they hear. But if you've got a buyer and you say it's going to be somewhere between five hundred and five fifty, they only hear the five hundred. And all of a sudden <laughs> you've got a fifty thousand dollar gap. <laughs> from the same information to both parties.
1: <laughs> I know. I think that's exactly the same with... This. I don't know. I don't
0: know. If you say, opening a strong note, Trump is 15 to 17. Do some people only hear 17 and some people only hear 15? What do you think? Potentially. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I mean, if I can't remember that you can overcall at the one level with an eight count, <laughs> and remember the good old story when you've got twelve to fourteen, regardless of what seat you are, whether you're opener or not, they're still bidding one no trump.
0: It's, well, see, see, they do have powers of recall because they remember. Sometimes they remember one no trumps twelve to fourteen. But you're right; they could be responding to one heart, they could be overcalling, <laughs> they could be anything. It's still twelve to fourteen to them. Oh yeah. <clears throat> no. But I actually ran into somebody, and I hope they're not listening to the show at Congress who said they couldn't respond one no Trump to their partner's one spade opening, the show six to nine, because they didn't have a balanced hand. Oh, okay. So they had nine points, so they passed because they had a singleton spade.
1: Isn't that funny? Because, yeah, they've just focused on the no Trump words, but there's a lot of people that focus on different stuff.
0: So people remember some things, and, and sometimes that puts them on completely the wrong track.
1: Yes.
0: I know Trump shows a balanced hand.
1: It's almost like your life partner, that they have selective hearing. Yes. <laughs> a slightly different vein, but I've used it many a times. Hey, um, one thing I did here, one comment, which I thought was a little bit different, and I'm just going to go back to Congress. I was talking to some person about congress and the reason why they weren't playing and guess what they said the reason why I'm not playing is that when I go to congress I want to be absolutely bridge drunk by the end of the night so play absolutely as much as I can and leave with a headache so they weren't going to play online because they weren't going to get absolutely bridge drunk and and have a headache how about that
0: It sort of sounds pretty cruisy, doesn't it? You start at 11 o'clock, you have a lunch break, and then you have another session starting at 3 o'clock, and you finish about 6. That's pretty cruisy for New Zealand Bridge Congress. I enjoyed it. didn't matter. I actually quite like that. It's it's enough. I think actually paying online is is quite hard work sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes 11 till 2 and then 3 till 6 is enough. Hmm. Maybe playing a little bit less, maybe you play a little bit better. Maybe you're able to focus a bit more. So
1: let us know what your thoughts are. Shuffle at
0: gmail.com Yeah, I also want to know about your powers of recall. Do you think <laughs> that 30% is a bit high? Or do you think that some people will remember 50 or even 60%? Or is it as low as 5 or 10 Wow, I wonder. I wonder what the listeners
1: will say. <laughs> hey, let's go off and listen to Judge Jolie. Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help?
0: Judge Julie presiding. Good
1: morning, Judge Julie. How are you going this week? Good, thank you. I hope you're all fitting well. We are.
0: Nothing like a weaker bridge to get you in the right frame of mind.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure about that since our frame of mind seems to be particularly bad, but there we go.
0: <laughs> got a Congress question for you, Julie? This is a bit different to your average director thing. So when you play at Congress and you've got something that you're not happy about, the director comes and makes a a ruling that you don't like. I guess that's not unusual. So you can do what they call, you can ask for a review. What does that mean? What's that all about?
2: Good question. And actually, given Mariana's one the other week about appeals, it's about what happens really, from when you call the director to where you end up at the end, depending on what you want to do. So we have two areas of bridge. We've got rulings that are made in law, so it's written down in black and white, and whilst there may be some interpretation the law book is pretty clear about what the rules are and we have things that are based on judgment where there's been hesitation or something like that and the directors are going to make a ruling about what might have happened. When we direct, we're not expected to be the world's best player and we're not expected to be able to play even particularly well. And Brian Northcott who is a the North player, my understanding was when I learned that he directed five years before he learnt to play, which is an interesting thing. I mean, he's great. However, so you call the director and they make a ruling, and you will think, well, that's not what I would have done, and I don't think that's what people of my ability would have done. So I don't agree. At Congress, when we're directing... All the directors will generally talk about the ruling, so we get a group decision. So we have a bit more input. And nowadays we also poll players about what they would do. So we look for people that are about the same level and ask them in a circumstance what would they bid on this hand without the hesitation or without the general stuff, just so we get an idea of what would happen. And then we make a consensus ruling and we go back to the table. This means that whilst everyone is not generally happy with the ruling, most people aren't unhappy enough that they think it is definitely wrong. I mean, there's always things we're not happy about. If we are unhappy, we can ask for a review by normally the chief tournament director or their nominee, and they will look at the facts and they'll listen, and then they will decide whether you have grounds for proceeding further. My understanding of the reviews is that some of them are just done without you giving any input, which is different to what we used to do face-to-face years ago. However, if you still disagree, you can appeal. A review by the Chief Director is not an appeal. It is a step that we go through. And he will, or she will, recommend that before you go any further after the review, that you talk to a friend of court or a person of some standing or ability, talk to them about whether or not you should appeal. Because if you appeal and it's deemed to be frivolous, you can lose percentage or imps or whatever. Or in some cases, in previous Mm -hmm. days, we used to be even fine monetary amounts. So frivolous appeals can come with a penalty of some description, which is why I strongly recommend that you go to a friend of court. If at that point you still wish to proceed, then we will get an appeal committee organised. Patrick and I this year were co-chair of the Congress Appeal Committee. We recommend no one talks to us because that way we can't hear the appeal. So we get together the appeal committee and we had an appeal and we rang around the car. It was neat because we're online. So I could use people from all around the country. It was actually rather an interesting thing to do. And we had an appeal and we heard it and we upheld the director's ruling and that was that. That is the process. And it is a long process, but it has checkpoints along the way. And you do get listened to, and we do sympathise with quite a few people, that what they would do is different to what the ruling is because our guidelines for ruling... Are what people of the same standard do, not you in person. So you might be a truly aggressive or conservative bidder and do things that are different to what is basically the normal people around you at your ability. So you won't be happy with the wrong one.
0: Okay, just getting back to this review thing. So say Judge Julie's my director, she comes there, I don't agree with her, and I ask for a review <laughs> That well, would be no surprise. <laughs> so, I asked for a review. What actually happened?
2: It's difficult because I don't actually know with the online what actually yep. happened. My understanding from what someone said is that they took all the facts and they made a decision, but I don't know that the person represented themselves. In the past, you went to a room at the venue and you spoke to the person doing the review. And they'd listen to you and they'd look at the facts and then they would say whether they agreed or disagreed then things could proceed further.
0: I think I've been in that room.
1: (laughs) Many times, is it, that you've been in
0: that room? I think I was on the review committee or whatever they call that.
1: That's just a
2: process that we have because of the way the laws work and that. And there are people that get upset. I mean, like the revoke law where you'll disagree with the fact that, oh, this is really harsh. But unfortunately, in black and white, we don't have a choice. And you can appeal the director's rulings, but if you appeal a ruling in law, you face a very strong probability that it will be deemed frivolous and it will cost you more than you are likely to ever gain. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't, but you've got to have something that is difficult to do and if it's made in law, normally it's going to be the director's ruling will absolutely be upheld unless there is an incredibly good reason for it to be overturned. And if you have had a disciplinary penalty apply, you cannot appeal that. Oh. So Procedural penalties are things that have to do with the play and the progress and things like that. A disciplinary penalty is different, and it is a disciplinary penalty, it cannot be appealed.
1: Wow, that sounds uh, beautiful. i should
2: I that again? <laughs> I would strongly recommend, if you are going through this process for it takes a lot of energy and we get emotional and it is really annoying as we've had on this program before with me when things that you think you're in the right and then they don't agree with you you feel upset and you feel annoyed and so there's a lot of emotion involved which actually doesn't help you play so one of the things about going into an appeal is work on the basis you've lost it and then when you come out and you have, it's not quite so bad. I know it's negative, but people really do get wound up and it is a hard process to go through.
1: Go through, yeah. And,
2: and, I mean, sometimes huge sympathy for people, but the laws and the way that we are invited to apply those laws very clearly in the manual and things like that, unfortunately mean that some of the time you're not going to one. And when both sides can't agree on what did or didn't happen, it gets harder because a ruling has to be made and clearly somebody will get really upset, or both sides will, yep, depending sure. on what the ruling happens to be.
0: It is interesting how wound up people can get about appeals. I can still remember one from many years ago, and it was not as certainly against the, the ladies who were lovely, but we ended up, this appeal never got heard till about one in the morning.
2: Yeah, I remember those days.
0: Oh my god. In the no Seriously. Case. Yeah. And they kept sending us to another room and another room and these two lovely ladies who were involved. And neither of us had scored any good at all. But it was the principle of the thing. That's what happens with appeals.
1: <laughs> to the death.
2: <laughs> we used to have huge numbers of appeals at Congress. By the yeah. way,
0: we lost at one thirty in the morning.
2: Yeah. And then the people that were on the appeal committee that gave up their time. So listen, yes. I mean, you're on an appeal committee and you're up till two o'clock in the morning and you're playing the next day. Now, because the laws allow us to adjust things in different ways and because we do a consensus,
1: far better. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that. Okay. Thanks, Have a good day. Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond with Kermit. Phenomena. Phenomena. Manamana. Man-a-man-a. 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 Good morning, Kermit. How are you going this
3: week? I'm okay. It's been a week of highs and lows, but here we are.
0: How are all the trees in Taranaki bearing up after the cyclone?
3: Uh, we didn't do too badly. There was quite a lot of flooding. Not on top of the hill that I live on, I'm okay, but went for a drive around the coast on the weekend and yes, there was evidence of damage there, so a bit of cleaning up for
0: people to do. Wow. none of it's is going to stop you from playing bridge, that's for sure.
3: No, it isn't. And I've been thinking this week, and I say this term I've been thinking because it's a term that my mother-in-law used to use that used to strike terror into her family. Because <laughs> whenever she said I've been thinking, they knew that there was some work in it for them. <laughs> I've been thinking about why we play bridge and what it is to us. So it is a really enjoyable pastime, but let's face it, you don't play an enjoyable pastime for a whole week against top-level competition or, you know, your peers in competition for just a pastime, so like knitting or whatever. So it is a competitive endeavor, and excuse me, but if you're saying to yourself, I play Bridge for Fun then I'm going to assume that you're not delighted when your name appears at the top of the list because I don't actually believe that. (laughs) Anyway, where I'm getting to with this is if you play any sport, then you're striving to improve. So what do you do as a bridge player to improve your game? Now, it's much easier to think about that as a beginner, but as a seasoned tournament player, There's always things that you can improve. What do you do to analyse what you can improve on, whatever level you're at, and then what course of action are you taking to see that improvement? So I've been thinking, and I'm hoping that you might be thinking about that too, the listeners out there. So any thoughts from you guys on that one?
0: Well, the first thought is you're absolutely right. Those people that say they just play for fun some reason they're at the front of the queue when the results come out, wanting to see how they did and where their name was and, and yeah. all the rest of it. <laughs> I, I don't know whether I entirely believe they just play for fun. <laughs> True. Just play for fun in case they didn't do any good. That's my theory. <laughs> I think everybody <laughs> wants great. to get better. Yeah, there is a tool out there now which didn't used to be there when I was a beginner. And through Compass, the Pianola, the Pianola thing where you can sign up. It's all free. Ah, uh, yeah. So you can look at any session of bridge you played, it will email you and you can look at it and it will break down your results by role and say that you've scored 62% you're declarer, 34% when you were dummy and 57% when you were the declarer on lead and 42% when, well, whatever. It'll say what you were best at and what you're worst at because sometimes we don't know what we're best at. We might think we're the best declarer in the world, but we're a bit unlucky.
3: In the old days, people used to study the travellers, didn't they? Because they were, sorry, you younger folks, newer players, they were hand-match-pointed manually, and people used to look at the travellers to see which things they scored well on and which they don't. And I do wonder whether we have a feeling about the things that we need to improve on. I know I have things that I think I need to improve on, but... Are we realistic about that? Are those the things we need to improve on or are these things that we are blind to and that we don't realise are lacking in our game? I, I find this whole thing quite fascinating.
0: Yeah, actually, so. It actually reminds me of a funny story talking about the travellers and I think it's a true story but it might be an urban myth. It was about <laughs> Baden Wilson who was a famous player down in Otago back in the day and when the scoring was done by hand he used to take the travellers home with them and he'd look and he'd see that Pam Livingston had made four spades on board 12. But if he saw that the person on lead had led something really stupid, he'd take it off her. He'd say, she should never have made four spades. <laughs> <laughs> One down. <laughs> I don't know just how he decided on that. Can you imagine, just imagine, Pam, if all the good boards you'd had from bad leads or the opponents of something, just imagine if they took them all off you. God, you'd hardly have any lift, would you? I know I wouldn't.
3: But hang on, what's a bad lead? A bad lead is an unsuccessful lead, right? So that's not necessarily a bad lead because it's not a game of perfect information.
0: Well, I don't know how he worked that out, (laughs) but apparently he was just about God. I think he was used to sort of table one north-south at the Otago Bridge Club. He took the travellers home and changed any results that he figured weren't just luck, or were just luck, I should say. (laughs) That, that would be one way to bring you down to earth, wouldn't
1: it? I have plans for myself, and I like to improve
0: things, and sometimes
1: you just can't do it by yourself. So you spend money, maybe. I wonder how many other bridge players actually think, See, I'm doing a really shite job on myself. I rock on up every week, same session, play away, get frustrated, walk out, smoke coming out my ears. Well, what do I do about it? Isn't it like a car? Your car's smoking a little bit, so you take it to somebody. They tell you what's wrong. You spend a bit of money, fix it, jump back in it, and away you go. It's all good.
3: Possibly. There's also tools that you can use that don't cost you any money. I'm not quite sure why I'm saying this. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the stuff on BridgeBase is really good. Yeah. BridgeMaster is free you can set up a table and practice your defence by talking out loud about what you think is happening on this hand. It takes quite a lot of discipline to do that, and sometimes it's easier just to show up at the club and think, I'm unlucky. Or when they see Barry being a star, they think it's just natural, it just happens. But Barry's actually worked quite hard at his game over the years, I believe. Correction, decade. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> i just thinking back in the day there was no bridge base you couldn't do anything online I mean I was keen to improve and people would run seminars and you'd travel miles to go to listen to somebody talk and write on the board and if you were keen you, you never thought twice about that in some ways it's a lot easier now you can just do it from your lounge online we had Ron Klinger visit the Hamilton Bridge Club a few years ago that was pretty popular there are things you can do to improve your game without a doubt but it is <laughs> hard to do on your own
3: well how about this how about setting yourself an objective and an objective doesn't have to be it's a little bit tricky setting your objective as winning a tournament or achieving this in a certain tournament because bridge isn't really like that there's lots of variables come into play but what is your objective Okay. Let's say, for instance, that you're an intermediate player and your goal is to become an open player. Well, the first thing you might say is, "Well, I've got to have a partner that has a similar goal." Okay. So this is just. An example of something. First of all, I can't do it by myself. I need a partner who's got a similar goal. And second of all, so it's not just about getting A points, it's about getting experience. So I'm going to need to play one tournament a month or one tournament every two weeks against good opposition, you know, this kind of thing. So we can have the goal of becoming an open player, right? But how are you going to get there and what do you need to get there? So those are things that you need to consider and make a plan. Now, if you don't have that goal, that's fine. I mean, there's plenty of people that have been playing for a long time and they enjoy playing and they enjoy when they win and they shrug their shoulders when they lose. And that's quite a good mental state to be in. But if you seriously want to improve, you need to make some kind of plan, have an objective and a pathway to get there.
0: Pretty good. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of pathways to get there. I mean, I mean, I guess ideally, you'd, if you want to become an open player and you're intermediate, it would be good to have another intermediate player. But if you're lucky enough to have somebody you can you play with who's who's maybe already an open player but is happy to play with you and you can learn from and improve a bit, that's another way of doing it. You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat.
1: There is. But you need a pathway, I think. Yeah. Yep, you certainly do. You need to have a map.
0: I wonder how many of our listeners have made a plan this year and how it's going, and whether COVID has put the kibosh on a few people's plans.
1: (laughs) It might have on the face-to-face plans, Barry, but there are plenty of options out there now, so it's not
0: that you can't play. That's Mm. right, but we do have the problem. A lot of people don't want to play online still. I don't know what we can do about that.
3: Well, it may be that the uh, plan is that when we get back to -to face-to-face, I will do such and such, but in the meantime, I could go and do something else, or... I could use bridge base and work on my declarer play. Or I could, you know, once a week do
0: this. I don't know yeah. what it is. Borrow a book from the Hamilton Bridge Club Library and
3: work well, my Exactly. Way exactly. Because if you keep doing the same thing, you will get the same results. That's pretty obvious, isn't it? It
0: yep. is. And it's very hard to improve by yourself because, let's face it, some of the times you don't know what you're doing wrong. That's right. What you know, it's that it isn't working out too well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was my thought for the day. I've been thinking and I've been thinking about this endeavour as a competitive sport and I don't think a world tennis champion just says I just think I'll keep playing tennis until I'm the world champion I don't think it works (laughs) like that
0: (laughs) Yeah well that theory hasn't been working out too well at Bridge that's for sure
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well I'll leave you with that thought and I'll look forward to seeing you next week. Join us next week at the Lilypad
0: with Pam Livingston, Bridge Coach. See you.
1: Next week, we're going to share some feedback that we've had about Congress. If you've got any stories whatsoever that come out of Congress, pop us an email, bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com and catch you next week.
0: Bye for now. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring Bridge from beginner to international, nationwide.